Coming up today, Sean Bruce breaks the heart of the Illawarra Hawks, the buzzer beater that everyone's talking about. Plus, the Hawks have got a few issues of their own. Travel issues yesterday for both the Adelaide 36ers and the New Zealand Breakers. An incredible game in its own right. We'll talk about both of those issues. And the block charge rule is on the agenda once again. This is Monday's edition of NBL Today. Great to be with you on NBL today for Monday's edition. Jack Heaven alongside the Professor Peter Hawley. Oh, horse, what a weekend. Mate, just continues to impress every single weekend. We think things are going to die down after the fever break. Well, we should have not be surprised because NBL continues to deliver big games, big performances, big shots. I love it all. Fair bit on the agenda, but before we go any further, who's your big winner of the weekend of all of the results? I can't get past Cairns right now. The way that the Taipans play on the road, I know they've had a couple of slip-ups at home, but just that impressive switch that they managed to flick. I'm going to have a piece come out this week about that that switch. They flicked it about four or five times this season, and they've just put games away. There was two minutes 50 to go in the third quarter. Tanner Krebs had just hit a three to get momentum back. Nissan Arena was pumping. Bullets went up five. Every other coach in the league in the world might have called a timeout. Adam Ford said, let's play faster. They rattled off 14 points in the next two minutes, and they never looked back from there. It's unbelievable the self-belief that team has, and all the credit should go to Adam Ford. Do you think now people are starting to truly believe in Cairns? I don't think enough people are yet. Mm. I still think they think it's the, they're too young and they either run out of gas. The big thing in the juggling act now is going to be getting to Jim McCall on that team. He's the one guy who can't really shoot the ball. When everybody else is shooting quick and they're shooting a lot of threes, I'm sure Adam Ford will be able to really integrate him properly, but they're the real deal. Make no mistake. What about the Kings yesterday? They do it again. They managed to steal one. Illawarra had their noses in front for so much of the game. And, and in fact, in my opinion, we're probably the better team on the day for 99.9% of the game. But that 0.1% and Sean Bruce this time, very similar to what we saw a couple of weeks ago against the Taipans. It's the sign of a great team, isn't it? When you've got your backs against the wall, you're missing your best player by far on both ends. Things aren't going well. You just find a way to win. doesn't have to be pretty. It can be ugly. They just grind it out and found a way. Sean Bruce, I mean, what a story. Uh, he actually had two layups before that and got one yeah. blocked and he just continued to go to the well and... That, look, he is a guy that, let's look back a few years ago, he was out of the league. He worked his way back into the league. He became an integral part of their championship success last season. And now he's the ultimate trust guy. Chase Buford knows if he needs something done, he trusts Sean Bruce to go out there and do it, whether it's be a pest on the defensive end, pass the ball, get some scoring ticking over. He's the ultimate trust guy and he steps up in big moments and he must have had that celebration ready for about four or five years. So oh, he was, as <laughs> soon as that thing hit the bottom of the net, he pulled yep. out the night-night. For the Illawarra Hawks, though, I mean, heartbreak, obviously, to, to have come so close and lost to their arch rivals. They're bottom of the table. They're 1-9 and nine for the season now. It's been an eventful weekend for them, Pete. Let's start firstly with the parting of ways of George King, a leg injury. Uh, Andrew Gaze yesterday on the coverage said that perhaps there might have been a little bit more going on behind the scenes as well. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you you look at what George King delivered in the first few rounds and everybody thought, okay, he's coming off the bench, but what a spark. Remember, we went over to RSC Arena and just dominated, barely missed a shot, then kind of got into his own head. It looked like really struggled, just picked up a lot of fouls, barely hit the scoreboard, and everybody was thinking, this is not what we need right now for a Hawks team that struggled to score as a whole. you got an import who's not delivering. So I'm sure there were some other things there, and I think they gives them a chance to try and bring in someone fresh to really just try and ignite them because – 
they'll be so flat from yesterday. Everything's gone against them all season long to get that close. And as you said, play better for 99% of the game and not come away with a win. That's pretty heartbreaking. And then yesterday morning, a story dropped in News Corp as well. Matt Logue writing and spoke to Xavier Rattan Mays, former Illawarra Hawk, and spoke of, and I quote, internal chaos that is threatening to rip apart the last remaining NBL Foundation club. And XRM went to talk about feeling disrespected after the Hawks' majority owner, Jared Novelli, told him that the intention was to re-sign the core of that group from last season, including Xavier, including Antonius Cleveland, etc. And then spoke about how he felt let down. You have Brian Gorgian speaking last week on the huddle. Pete talking about how he didn't think it was going to look the way that it looks right now. There's a fair bit going on here. Well, there is. And look, it's super disappointing to read that and to hear that from, from Rattan Mays. And if you're a Hawks fan, you're thinking the same thing. This team went to the semifinals two years in a row. Yes, we knew Brian Gorgian was going to move on, but there's no reason you couldn't have kept that core if that was the intention. If you've got two imports, two proven imports in Rattan Mays and Cleveland, both saying we'd love to come back to a, a small market team, there's no way you don't jump at that. Just think about what could be right now with Rattan Mays running the point, a scoring guy, and Cleveland trying to set the tone. It doesn't matter who you put around them. They're going to be winning some games. Well, when you think about it as well, they already had Tyler Harvey signed and they already had Sam Froling signed. So that's four of your starting five. And it is. And it would have been hard to bring Jessup back because he ran out of his next star years. It wasn't allowed. And do I breathe if he was going to do something different? But then you can go and pick out certain pieces to go around there. Instead, you lose four of your five leading scorers and leading contributors. It's going to be hard to reproduce anything close to what you did last year. The other game yesterday between Adelaide and New Zealand was fantastic. Two teams who I think are going to be there at the back end of the season. They were superb. New Zealand got the job done 89-83. Not without drama, though. A 17-hour trip to Tasmania to play on Friday night against the Jack Jumpers. Then they land back in New Zealand at 3 a.m. on Sunday morning to play in the afternoon that same day. It's, that is adversity. Oh, it is. It's a bold strategy to take the ferry from New Zealand to ferry uh, to, to Tassie, <laughs> but they did it. And uh, look, I think it's just so impressive and speaks so highly of what Modi Mayo has done with this New Zealand team. They are so tough. And look, right now, they're going to beat you on the floor and they'll probably beat you in the car park. The way mm. they're playing, that is what they're going to do. They just fight it out no matter what. Uh, I think it's another team that is de- 100% contending for a title this year because backs against the wall, they're going to just knuckle down. They're going to come together. They're going to fight it out. They're going to scrap and claw, and they're so fun to watch go about it. Lastly, let's finish off with the block charge rule, Pete. I know you were on the coverage on Saturday night, in particular in the second game. This rule reared its head a couple of times. You sought some clarification. You went and found out a little bit more. Just try and explain to those listening what was going on to try and help us all understand. Yeah, what happened in the first game in the throwdown with Mitch Creek's one, and I was under the assumption that it would have been overturned as a block because I thought he was moving sideways, which the vision was clear. Now, the actual rule in, in, the, in the rule book states that if you have legal guarding position or established guarding position in front of somebody, you're allowed to move sideways or backwards, just not forwards, in an effort to take that through the chest, which is what Mitch Creek did. So it looks like he's moving because he is. Now, this is different to when somebody jumps in the air. If somebody goes in the air for a layup, you can't slide underneath them. So this is just when somebody's trying to get around you. So by letter of the law, all three of those 
challenges because there was one in the throwdown and two in the sunshine stash. All three of them were the correct call on the floor and that's why they were so easy to not overturn because somebody established that guarding position and just moved in front to take it through the chest. And that's why Scott Butler in the replay center said, look, they're pretty straightforward. That's the rule. And if you don't like the rule, there's plenty of those rules out there that we don't agree with. But unfortunately, that's just what it is. Makes plenty of sense now. Halls, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. NBL Today is back on Wednesday with Liam Santamaria. Until then, stay safe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.